Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're so glad you joined us here for the conversation as we go verse by verse through the book of Jeremiah. Our series, The Hard Truth, is looking at this Old Testament prophet's messages of sorrow, judgment, and hope. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello, my friends, and welcome back. So uh, glad that you're here and listening wherever you are and however you're listening. I appreciate it. I talked to somebody recently who said they listen at 2.0 speed. So that makes me sound like Alvin the Chipmunk. But uh, if you can understand it and get it all in, that's great. My preferred speed is 1.5. Some of you listen to me at 1, which sounds painfully slow to me. But I hope you don't listen any slower than that. But however you listen and wherever you listen, uh, you are a blessing. And I sure do appreciate you. We are in Jeremiah chapter number four. And I want you to find your place in verse number 11 as we continue to talk about this message that Jeremiah is preaching to the people of God and Judah, the backsliders. And he has warned them. He has appealed for them to change their heart, but now he has predicted that because they will not, God has other and innovative ways to get their attention, uh, including even the destruction of the holy city, which they thought would never happen. God would never allow the destruction of the temple. And yet the Bible says when that happened, the king's heart melted, the prince's They just were beside themselves. And even the religious leaders were astonished. And Jeremiah himself, as he preached this message, said, Lord, couldn't this really be that you would do this? Now we are in verse number 11, where again, Jeremiah uses the language at that time. So what time? The time of future destruction. So at that time, Shall it be said to this people and to Jerusalem, a dry wind of the high places in the wilderness toward the daughter of my people, not to fan nor to cleanse. So sometimes the winds in Israel are welcome. I've been in Israel on some really hot days. If you're in Israel anytime between June and September, you can experience some pretty oppressive heat, especially when you're down in the Dead Sea area. Uh, I was in on Masada one time in early September, and I was just, I mean, it was blistering hot. And any wind can be such a nice respite, a cool wind. Uh, just the blowing, the moving of air can be such a blessing. But what Jeremiah says here in verse number 11 that the wind is not to fan, it's not to cool, and it's not to cleanse. Sometimes uh, dust can settle in the area and a wind would take away that dust. A wind has a cleansing effect. But the Bible says that's not this wind. No, God's going to allow a great wind to come that won't be a profitable wind. It's not to fan, it's not to cleanse. The Bible says in verse 12, even a full wind, that would be like a fierce, strong wind, even a full wind from those places shall come unto me. Now also will I give sentence against them. 
So God obviously speaking metaphorically and saying judgment is going to come raging in like a strong and raging wind, like a tornado storm coming through. Verse number 13, behold, he shall come up as clouds and his chariots shall be as a whirlwind. His horses are swifter than eagles. Woe unto us, for we are spoiled. So again, the illustration here is about the Babylonian invasion and how it will be sudden, it will be swift, it will be hurtful and fierce, uh, it will bring destruction with it and spoiling. Woe unto us. Anytime you see that word woe in the Bible, that's almost like a, a throw your arms up word. Like there's nothing we can do. All we can do is lament. All we can do is cry. Woe unto us, for we are spoiled. And spoiled here doesn't mean spoiled like your two-year-old that gets the toy he wants at Walmart. But spoiled here means the spoils of war. Uh, the things that you own, the things that you have, the things that you call your possessions have been taken from you. And so Jerusalem will be spoiled. They will take from the temple uh, the precious things. They will take the gold. They will take the valuables. They will take the jewels, not just from the temple, but from the homes of God's people. So this will be a time of spoiling. Remember years later when Belshazzar, the last king of the Babylonians, was having that great feast in Daniel chapter number six, how that the, uh, the, the writing of the, uh, on the wall, remember that whole thing? Well, what, what incited that anger from God was that Belshazzar took the cups that had been stolen from the temple in Jerusalem and drank wine from those cups and worshiped his God. So th that's the point, that the spoiling that we're talking about in verse number 13, that's when these things were taken. So, wow, think about it from our perspective. Think about it applicationally. When, when God has to bring judgment into our life, judgment from the standpoint of, of chastisement, we don't listen to the word of God. He has to get our attention. It leaves us empty. And sometimes we revoke in our lives the blessings that God has given us. We lose out on God's blessings, things that we should have, good gifts of God that he has bestowed upon us, things that make our worship in our lives easier are taken from us because we've abused them, we've misused them or not used them. And that's the point here in verse number 13. Would you look at verse number 14? Oh, Jerusalem. So now God speaks through Jeremiah to Jerusalem herself, the, the capital city. Oh, Jerusalem, wash thine heart from wickedness that thou mayest be saved. How long shall thy vain thoughts lodge within thee? Boy, there's a mouthful in that, in that verse. Oh, Jerusalem, wash thine heart from wickedness. So there we see the repetition of the theme of the passage, which is, it's a heart issue. Let's begin from the inside out. I think it reflects David's repentance from years before. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. 
right? He talks about the, the, the inner, the, the thoughts. Lord, you desire truth in the inner inward parts. David realized in his true repentance, Psalm 51, that repentance was a heart issue. And that's what we see here. Oh, Jerusalem, wash thine heart from wickedness. And then it says that thou mayest be saved. That's the only road to restoration. That's the only road to, to help is dealing with one's heart. And then the, 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 the question from the Lord to Jerusalem, how long shall thy vain thoughts lodge within thee? How long are you going to believe your empty lies? How long are you going to persist in your empty philosophy? Uh, how long are you going to keep on deluding yourself? And it's a, it's, it's a poignant question. It's a question that I think the Lord asks all of us. It's one of the reasons why we don't repent, because we believe our lies. Oh, well, it's not such a big deal. Well, you know, other people are bad too. Well, God will give me more time. Uh, what's the big deal? I mean, think about the vain, the empty lies that we tell ourselves. And God says, as long as you regard these empty thoughts, you are not going to see any kind of restoration. You know, Jonah said the same thing. He was in the belly of the, the fish in Jonah chapter 2. And I'm not looking at the verse right now, but he said something like, they that regard lying vanities forsake their own mercy. So in other, in other words, as long as we as long as we believe our own lies, our empty thoughts, we are in essence putting off the mercy that God wants to give us, the restoration that could be ours because we're just lying to ourselves. Look at verse number 15. For a voice declareth from Dan and publisheth affliction from Mount Ephraim. So when you think about Dan in the Bible, think about the northernmost part of Israel. Sometimes you'll, you'll hear Israel described as it, its geography be described as from Dan to Beersheba. And what that means is from the northernmost inhabited part of Israel, Dan, to the southernmost part of Israel, Beersheba. So when the Bible says that a voice declares from Dan, that, that would be the first, that they would be the first people that would realize an invasion is coming. They would be the first people that would realize that Babylon's on the move. Uh, the early scouts would be in Dan. And so a voice declares from Dan and publishes affliction from Mount Ephraim. Uh, that's moving on down, Dan moving on down to Ephraim and then ultimately on down to where Jerusalem is. So the point is judgment's coming and you're seeing it incrementally. The scouts are talking. In that sense, even Jeremiah right now is like a prophetic scout. He's out ahead. He's saying, I see it coming. I see it coming. You might not see it where you are right now, but I see it. God told me, listen, get ready. And the frustrating thing is nobody was believing it. Nobody. So let, let's, let's stop right there in, in verse number uh, 15. We'll, we'll jump into 
uh, the, the next uh, verse 16 next time. But wow, what a thought to, to uh, consider as we close today, that we ought to heed the early warnings. That's the best way to stay healthy, right? Heed the early warnings. Early detection is key to health. And it's important to our spiritual health, early detection. And I hope that'll be your, uh, your takeaway today. That's all the time we have. Hope you have a great day in the Lord. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.